0: You're an idiot. Stop talking.
1: radio Welcome to another episode of Radio I am Josh Hadley. With me as always when he decides to show up
0: is the Peter. And with you always when I'm on time or when I decide to show up as you said. Yes. So I'm I'm here except only when I'm not.
1: We're recording a little bit earlier than our normal time, so Cecil may show up later. He he has confirmed he's good for today, but not at the time we're recording right now. So Cecil may pop in later on in this episode. But if you guys want to help out the show, and we really could use the help, is you go to adamandeve.com, you use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com.
0: Let's know how many people have actually gotten free sex swings. Tell us your stories of your sex swings. Because sex swings are big and quite expensive. I'd be curious. Yeah, I'm curious about that because I used to work in an adult store and I actually have sold a few sex swings to people that were willing to pay that much for them.
1: Well, these are probably cheap chintzy ones. I I, I don't know. I've never... Okay, all the times I've ordered from AdamandEve.com, it was before the sex swing thing, so I never (laughs) got that as the free gift. So tonight what we're going to talk about is movies that are beloved, you know, some of what are considered the most popular films out there that you just cannot stand. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, this movie's garbage and anyone who likes it is a garbage human. It's just really popular, really beloved movies that you just don't like. And I've got a few that are in my, I hate this movie. I have many that I'm just like, you know, if you like it, go ahead. But man, I just don't see it.
0: I mean, I've never really understood. I I guess for a lot of the, the Marvel movies, I'm kind of indifferent about. Like, I don't think they're necessarily bad. But I don't get why people are raving about, say, not even just, say, not even, like, Black Panther, but even a lot of the ones that are, like, below average. Like, oh, Ant-Man was so good. I'm like, ah, I I don't think I got more than 40 minutes into that one. So I guess my first answer would be, like, the overall MCU. I just find, other than, like, a few standout films, I find it to be very overall meh. And I don't really understand why people tongue the anus of it every time any one of them come out and they're like oh it's amazing oh Black Panther was the best movie ever oh this this Captain America was the best oh this Iron Man was the best they can't all be the best apparently now i am just going off the
1: early review screenings for captain marvel which is not out yet at the time we recorded this probably so, average no they are claiming and and i i'm putting huge quotes around this because i'm calling huge bullshit oh, they're yeah. saying not only is it not, they're saying it's the best mcu movie it's one of the greatest movies of all time My God. i'm not but, joking
0: it just looks like a marvel movie to me I'm, I'm sure it's fine like i'm sure it's i'm sure it's an entertainment film I'm sure it'll it'll keep me motivated to keep watching it but I, I don't think I'm gonna find it to be the best movie ever made.
1: The MCU stuff, people just are, they fawn over so much, and I just, I don't understand it. I've seen the bulk of these, either on video or TV, or since I've been with my girlfriend, she's a Marvel fan. We've gone to all the Marvel movies since I've been with her. I just, I don't see them. I mean, sure, some of them are... It's not terrible. I think they're fun. Mm
0: -hmm. Some of them are quite fun to watch. Some of them I even think are exceptional compared to some of the other ones. I really enjoyed Winter Winter Soldier. But would I ever call them greatest movie ever made or one of my favorite movies? No. And not even like Guardians of the Galaxy, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed both of those. Never would I put them in any like top five or top ten list or anything. It would just be like, I'm kind of buzzed. I might put on Guardians of the Galaxy. Nancy, to me, I, I was thinking
1: more along the lines of what are considered, quote, classic films. Something like West Side Story or Sound of Music. I just don't get, I mean, I guess I can see for their time, if you grew up, you saw those movies in the theater, you're older, I can see how West Side Story and Sound of Music, I can see why, why those are important to you. Mm. I just cannot get into these at all in any conceivable way it's sort of like uh like the wizard of oz we all grew up watching wizard of oz every thanksgiving i can't remember what network at nbc or something would show it and it was a big deal and then when it came to mm. videotape i remember that was a giant wizard of oz is finally on video wizard of oz is just boring as hell to me i've never understood the obsession people have with wizard of oz pete
0: people have an obsession with wizard oz Wizard, Wizard of Oz?
1: Oh, it's been called the, the greatest movie of all time so many times that I, I don't understand what is so great about it. It's kind of inventive, and that's it. That's yeah, it.
0: For it's, it's time. It certainly was. I, th- I think, um, I mean, I think Wizard of Oz deserves its merits. I think it's a very, very colorful and, and captivating film, but again, not something I would call like a favorite movie. Ah, and this one, maybe I'll actually catch a flack for this one. I've always considered 2001 A Space Odyssey to be kind of overrated.
1: Kind of. It's one of the worst movies I've ever sat through. It's one of the most (laughs) pretentious pieces of crap. I hate 2001. This is one where I actually will fight with people going, you, your mind is made of bat guano if you think this is a good movie. There's no story. There's no characters. The movie is the definition of pretension. 2001 A Space Odyssey is one of the movies that pisses me off the most when I see on greatest films of all time lists. No, 2001 blows ass. On the other it's just hand,
0: slow. It's just a very slow film, and I do like, I enjoy certain drawn out movies or, or movies that are more kind of a, a slow burn quality. But I don't know. I've never been able to just like sit down and finish 2001 in one. Scene. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like maybe I don't really like it that much.
1: Now 2010. That's a great movie. I legitimately like 2010, the year we met Contact.
0: 2010, the year we made Contact?
1: The one with Roy Scheider and Helen Mirren and John Lithgow? The oh, sequel?
0: I don't even know if I've seen that.
1: Oh, you need to. It's very 80s, because it was made in 84. It's all about the Cold War, and Helen Mirren is a Russian captain mm. who's trying to get to the discovery. So it's a very 80s movie, but right. not necessarily in a bad way, but in a, you need to understand the context of when this movie was made way there's also stuff like lawrence of arabia i've only ever seen this movie once and i think i was i, I seem to remember struggling to stay awake <laughs> i never understood why lawrence of arabia is a cinematic classic because it's boring as fuck pete
0: i've actually never sat down and watched that one i never really had had that much of an interest
1: L- let's go to the same year of wizard of oz gone with the wind I do not like this film. I saw it once when I was a kid. Did not like it. And then a few years ago, I want to say TNT or something like that, showed it again. And I sat and watched it. I'm like, you know what? I should give this movie a chance as an adult. Oh my God. Ironically, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn about this movie.
0: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a sh.
1: You know, Gone with the Wind is just so overblown. The acting is that old style of I am acting
2: peter
0: (laughs) yeah that was um when was gone with the win 50s or 60s 39 39 oh my god so that was really like when um that was when hollywood kind of really was starting to become hollywood so you had just like tropes that weren't even tropes yet. I can understand how it could be so amazingly well received over that time and over the time to come. I mean, I think it, it deserves its, its place in history for being a very visually stunning film, but it's not something that's ever, ever captivated me all that much. I mean, it's the same yeah. way I, I kind of feel about, um, what is it? Like, uh, Citizen Kane is, is quite a massive achievement, but I, I don't know. I don't really care that much for the movie itself. I don't care. Like I've watched it and I'm like – I'll I'll
1: argue with you on that one because I think Kane is – For somebody's
0: first feature film, it's impressive. Like, all right, that's, that's a movie I just watched.
1: I can understand why people don't like Citizen Kane and I don't blame them for not liking it because the story if you're not getting into it you're just not going to get into it Mm. on the other hand I think whether you're into the story or not you just look at the visual style of the movie it is one of the most beautiful black and white movies you will ever see in your life oh it
0: absolutely is it's a really great looking film especially for it being especially for it being somebody's first film like that being Orson Welles first feature film is actually really impressive
1: but then you also got stuff like casablanca i'd have never understood why this is well first of all i've never understood humphrey bogart my dad used to love bogey i so i had to sit through so many humphrey bogart movies i don't understand humphrey bogart's draw it's okay i'm of a different generation same thing with john wayne i think john wayne is such a bleh actor (laughs) ever. I've never understood why everyone, John Wayne, the Duke, the Duke, oh, it's John Wayne's class. Okay, first of all, he looks like he's barely awake in the movie at any given moment. People like John Wayne and Humphrey Bogart, I don't get. Casablanca, to me, okay, the story is kind of It could be interesting with the Nazis Mm. and you have the resistance and you have the bar where nobody has power and it's 50-50 and blah, blah, blah. And it never coalesces to me. I think the movie's boring as sin.
0: (laughs) I I think I only saw it once when I was like seven years old. There's nothing I can really – all I can recall from it is I'm sure what everybody else can recall that think they've actually seen the movie is the countless parodies of Casablanca. I think people have seen more parodies of that film than they have actually sat down and watched the entirety of the film, at least people of my generation and your generation. Agreed. Because whose favorite movie really, unless you're like 80 years old, is Casablanca. And that's not to say – Old movies suck. Obviously not. So my, one of my second favorite film next to Robocop is Cool Hand Luke, which is a sixties film. So obviously I appreciate older movies. I just, I don't know. Casablanca is just so schmaltzy and it's so like, "Eh, eh, there's that like fifties mobster voice, like, ah my dear, It's it's such like, as what you were saying, that like weird, that weird form of like 1930s between 1950s style of acting where I think it was that that they didn't have, they weren't able to film as long as they could with with um, when when cameras updated and they were able to shoot film for longer. I think they had to talk as like quickly as they could with enough with as much enunciation as they could to pick up everything on the mic and to record everything as quickly as they can. So they had this, right? I'm speaking and erasing and blah, it's like it's so weird sounding. It's it's like listening to somebody commentate like a Jake LaMotta Sugar Ray Robinson fight. You're you're you're, you're expecting them to drop a an advertisement for Paps Blue Ribbon in the middle of their dialogue,
1: It was less that and more this, you got to remember like, you know, when Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind and that came out, talkies were relatively new, sound film. Most of these people were used to, or or the directors, less than the actors, they came from the silent era where you had to over-exaggerate your movements and and the way you spoke so people could read your lips before the card came up. And that was a big problem where you had this theatricality and people
0: didn't understand understand what subtlety was Yeah, because mostly everything was done either as a silent film or as stage plays i mean a lot of actors lost their positions as actors you know either they didn't have the right fit for voice or they couldn't couldn't add subtlety to their performances because they're so used to such big big moment big movements and motions and stuff so obviously that transition was was hard for some actors and obviously a lot of directors were probably also pushing for big big i want you to talk like Talk like you're talking to the whole world or whatever. And it's like, it just sounds hokey to me. And there were movies that weren't like that. Like there's a lot of, um, 1940s cinema that I love. Like, uh, like All About Eve is really good and a lot of other, a lot of other great films from that era. But I don't know, Casablanca, I've always thought was too, like, at least from what I remember about it in clips that I've seen, very, very schmaltzy, very, oh, I'm a gangster guy and you're my sugar baby, plump baby. Hey, baby. It's like, shut up, go, go yourself get on that plane and, and go f- yourself and see, my my I, I review wanna, of, of casablanca casablanca 2019 peter gagage get on a plane and go f- yourself and see i want to say
1: i it's not that i have a prejudice against old films in fact i love quite a few old films yes there's genre pieces like i I love a lot of the wells stuff i love the universal
0: monsters
1: well i would I put, think like not I, I think to, them
0: in like my top 10 favorite films like i love the original you know uh count count orlock uh nosferatu silent film like i think that's amazing i think that's a marvel in cinema and still has more tension than a lot of recent horror films has
1: and i also think them is one of the greatest monster movies ever made oh, hell yeah let's move into more recent now more recent will be you know 70s and 80s look at stuff like clockwork orange i just now i've never read the novel I maybe this by the time I saw Clockwork Orange it had been built up too much. I'd read in the magazines about oh it's so hyper violent and, and all this. Oh, you probably
0: had it overbuilt for you, yeah. Same thing yeah, happened and, to and, me with uh uh Ringu and both the Ring. Both the original Japanese version and the American one. Everybody talked about. Scariest movie ever. Like for weeks on end I'm hearing this and I finally watch it and I'm like, eh, it's just some girl with long hair that comes out of a TV. It's not really, it's not even that, and they, they have, like, Photoshopped CG'd faces, the the whole like long face corpse trope I think took off from movies like that and kind of made things very silly in horror for a very long time. I could see how if you had Clockwork Orange built up to you for a very long time that it's ultra shocking, ultra ultra violent, Kubrick is a sick man and all this stuff people going on about it, it would probably not affect you all that much. I I had the pleasure of watching Clockwork Orange when I had no idea what it was and so it's I think it affected me the right way that way. I I could appreciate how weird and and nihilistic and bombastic it was, but I, I can see how, uh, how you would find it overrated. Like, like what were people, what were people trying to tell you about it in terms of like selling you on it?
1: Well, I remember reading in all the magazines about how hyper violent it was. Which
0: it isn't and, even really.
1: And, and, and how, how controversial it was and how, you know, it'd been banned in certain countries and all this. And then, you know, my dad was telling me how, how violent it was. And I, I can't remember, like, a <laughs> classic movie, something like that. It, it, it was a cable network that was showing it uncut. I must have been maybe 10, 11 years oh, old. Oh no, and, that's the worst and,
0: time you could be. Not, not because you're young, not because it would like traumatize you. But that's the worst age to be watching a movie that everybody has been telling you is super gory. Like I think a lot of a lot of kids, especially like younger boys, like ten ten to twelve year old boys, if you tell them something is like at least a lot of them do, at least for me, and maybe for you as well. Cause I know I grew up on a lot of like slasher films and stuff. So when I would hear something is like super bloody and super gory, it's like, oh I gotta see this. I gotta see how messed up it is, so I can show everybody how cool I am or whatever. So it's like, I think and seeing Clockwork Orange and seeing how actually bloodless it is, I could see being very disappointed by it. Because I don't think Clockwork Orange is necessary. i mean, it does have violence in it. It does have a violent nature. I do think it's very unsettling, particularly with you know, the elements of rape in it and a lot of the psychological torture, the, the Ludovico treatment stuff is— very weird and very messed up and very unsettling but it's not a gory film so I think if you were to tell like a, a 10, 12 year old kid like check out this is a violent movie you f*** you up and it's like and you watch it it's like I think that would be very disappointing because it's it's just a character driven film it's a character study it's not this like hack and slash Drive-in slasher film,
1: but I, I went back and revisited it as an adult. I can't remember if it's when it came out on DVD or if you know it came out on cable or so at some point mm. in the late 90s, early 2000s. I revisited it and just went, "This is just dull to me. No. I'm I'm not invested that this movie. I don't like the obvious like kind of 60s. Thr- I know it's 71. But, you know, it has a very 60s uh, vi- visual aesthetic to well, it. Well, that's which, taken you know, is kind intentional of. And, it's
0: taken from the book because the book is meant to be sort of like a. 60s-centric sort of future.
1: And I, I just, I could never get into it. it, it it's, it's the same way that, like with It's a Wonderful Life, I hate that saccharine crap. I, you know, <laughs> the, 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 This had been called the greatest movie of all time to me my entire life, and I've seen it dozens of times. I've never enjoyed it once. What do you people see in It's a Wonderful Life? It, may,
0: it gives you the will to live, man. <laughs> eh. I've, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've only well, okay. seen the clips of it on uh, during Gremlins, which is a superior film. You heard it here, folks. Then, Gremlins is better than It's a Wonderful Life. It is.
1: Now, now you have some <clears> other <throat> movies where I'm just ambivalent on. Like, I do not like, I've only seen the first two, but I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Everyone no, goes never crazy over the Harry Potter. Potter the only reason I saw the first two is I was working at a movie theater when those first two came out. I just, you know what, fine. You want to do your muggles and all this stuff, <laughs> you do that. I'm not into Harry Potter at all, not
0: even a little bit. The thing is, is that that's kind of fine. Like, I mean, I don't care either, but it's, it's not something that's, uh, advertised to me. I think it has a certain demographic. It's sort of like, It's like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings for people that that's not really their thing, so they want to do the wizards. And it literally has the same structural structural story base as Star Wars, as Lord of the Rings. I mean, Star Wars even has, like, I'm pretty sure it was built around the same sort of thing, the idea of this underdog hero he's a little bit younger he's a bit naive he gets into this circle with with a, a plucky chick somebody that's kind of either got powers or is a bit of a rogue an old wise man you know all of this this all culminates in all three of these things in in lord of the rings all the, the tolkien the tolkien um, story realm in general star wars of course follows the same thing you know obi-wan The old wise man, the rogue, Han Solo, you know, the, the, the naive farm boy, Han Solo, the, the, the tough, the tough woman, you know, Princess Leia. And, and these are all things that are also in Lord of the Rings. And they're also all things that happen to be in Harry Potter. And it's very clear that the uh, author what, what's her face uh, everybody's gay now chick clearly took that structure and was like this worked here it worked here and right now people are really very much re- revisiting the nostalgia of Star Wars and all this other stuff it's like I need to come in here and swoop in quick with something different like what else hasn't what's what hasn't really been done with this structure let's do a wizard school let's make Harry, Harry Potter is the Frodo character you know obviously her Hermione or whatever is Princess Leia and, and uh, this, this other, this wizard over there, that's Obi-Wan or Gandalf, you know, and, they, and you put all this together and it's like, okay, now this is like Lord of the Rings for the kids these days. And it's very, very much like baseline character development and story structure of, of things that have already been done but putting it in another setting me personally i'm not into it i've never been into it and I've, i tried to read one of the books couldn't do it i've tried to watch the movies couldn't do it but i can see why people are into it because it's kind of like it's kind of like their star wars or their lord of the rings but i i think that shit sucks but that's just my opinion
1: An- another one and i i'm not into pixar movies but toy story and finding nemo finding nemo i agree with, I, you with
0: toy story i will fight you tooth and nail toy story is a beautiful film
1: i've never seen the sequels because toy story to me was a slog really? my 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 ex-wife uh, rented it when it like first came out and i was just like oh my god i just so i don't care
0: if you like, with toy story maybe you need to see it when you're a kid I don't know if if somebody that's already an adult can appreciate Toy Story, especially I mean, I would right now recommend you never watch two or three either because it it really caters to the people who grew up with with the first one. I think Toy Story only works if you're kind of younger or a kid and you can sort of resonate with that in some way so i don't three especially you wouldn't get you'd probably be booing viciously at the screen i can kind of see why it's something that doesn't resonate with you like i think i would feel a bit a bit weird seeing toy story for the first time if i was like whatever age you were 20 mid mid 20s or early 30s or whatever but finding nemo i get i do find even as somebody, like, I enjoy quite a few of the Pixar films. The only ones I don't really like are Cars, and I don't like Finding Nemo, and I never, never bothered to watch Finding Dory, cause I've, I found that character deeply irritating. So that one I can agree with. I think that's a really overrated movie, and I don't understand why everybody loves that one so much. I think I think Finding Nemo is like low tier, lowest of the tier Disney Pixar.
1: Okay, let's go into then more of the exploitative sort of realm. Now it, it's still big budget, but exploitative like like Inception. Inception. Okay. Okay. First of all, everyone knows I despise Christopher Nolan. W- who knows? Maybe one of these days the guy will surprise me, and I'll go. You know what? That is a great Christopher Nolan movie. hasn't happened yet, and I doubt it's going to. But Inception, maybe the fact that again this was built up. Everybody, greatest movie of all time, most original concept of all time. Oh my God, Christopher Nolan's done it again! Blah blah blah. And I went in, I rented it. What's the big deal? I've seen this. This is a million different pieces of other sci-fi stories thrown into one movie. Basically, what is is the big
0: deal? It takes some like Total Recall. It takes like a a bunch of other stuff. It could almost be like a sort of fill. Philip Dick sort of story. Like, are you dreaming? Are you, are you awake? This has been done millions and millions of times. There's nothing really original about it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like he took a piece of this Philip K. Dick story, a piece of this Harlan Ellison story, a piece of this Ray Bradbury story.
0: And we, we put them all in a blender and now I'm a genius. That's absolutely what it is. It's those three, those three authors taking key elements from some of their stories and making making Inception. Now, I find, I think Inception is a very entertaining movie. But anybody who says it's like the smartest thing ever made. And, ooh, what does the ending mean? And, like, all this ridiculous sh**. It's just schmaltz. It's action schmaltz. It's this guy, am I awake? Am I asleep? The Matrix did this and it did it better. The Matrix, in my opinion, still holds up better than Inception does. Inception has aged worse than The Matrix, which is like the 90s of 90s movies with with like techno music and kung fu fighting did a better job with the whole what's real and what isn't. Total Recall did a better job, what's real and what isn't. When that movie ends, you're actually not sure Quade or, or Quaid or Hauser or whatever is actually, maybe he's going to wake up from a dream right before he kisses his love interest. Like you, you don't actually know. which in a way even shows that Inception is doing something that's been being done in movies for the longest time. It's like, what if right right as it's about to end, he's going to wake up from his dream, that whole spinning top thing. Total Recall ends very much like that. Now, that's not necessarily saying that Inception is not allowed to be good because it uses other ideas. Like I was talking about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter earlier. Obviously something can be successful and still work. Star Wars can still work, even though it's a total, total ripoff of Lord of the Rings by using the same sort of structure as long as you do something interesting and memorable with it it works you're bringing it to a new generation much like how harry potter did for people that are younger than i am or about my age i think i am pretty much the harry potter generation even though i wasn't I'm not into it personally. I understand why people would be into it. With Inception's whole thing is people saying this is so, that's that's the problem. Therein lies the problem. Everybody thinks this is original. No one's ever done anything like this. This is the most original thing ever. And it's not. It's been done so many times, time and time again. This is your typical sci-fi story that's been being written since the, the 50s. Like this is some very, very atypical sci-fi, what's real, what isn't kind of stuff. And while the movie is done well, I think it's cast is on point, very well paced, very entertaining. But it's dumb. It's a dumb, dumb film. There's nothing really that smart about it. And I think that's something that bothers me about Christopher Nolan more than anything else about him is that everybody has this inherent idea that he's like the smartest filmmaker ever. Oh, he's so deep. And he's not really. really. shit. really isn't. He's just kind of. Like, like, I think his Dark Knight trilogy is well done, his, like, Batman movies, but he's just trying to make Batman as a Michael Mann film. Because on
1: my list, I also have Interstellar, The Dark Knight, and Memento. I hate all of these movies. I mean, Memento is literally just a crime thriller. But it's told backwards. Ooh, Christopher Nolan's the most original guy ever. By the way, TV shows like China Beach had already done that whole thing on television, but
0: that doesn't count. Christopher Nolan's a f***ing genius. Obviously, Pulp Fiction as well is pretty much a story told backwards.
1: Well, Pulp Fiction I have on my list for a different reason. We'll get into that in a minute. Just think it's like like overrated. You you look at like Interstellar. Remember when this came out, there were people that would just go and see it again and again. Like They would make their whole day seeing Interstellar four times. Times, and then go back the next day. Who's the most immersive movie I've ever seen, man? It it was like a smart Avatar, man. My a God, smart Avatar. You know, it, <laughs>
0: If, if, if you want if
1: Hollywood, Hollywood <laughs> needs Hollywood and viewers need to stop sucking Christopher Nolan's dick. This man is not some great artist. He is just somebody who is picking up pieces of everyone else's work and doing them a little bit differently. And everyone's going, "He's a f***ing genius." Where were these I mean, people when,
0: um, dude? Where, where, where I've he-
1: seen him compared
0: to I've seen him compared to Orson Welles, oh, and I'm going. Oh. Shut the f- up. oh man. what's funny is like bringing up this whole idea that he takes like different parts from different things and puts them together and kind of does them his own way. where are these people that are praising him when when Bruno Mattai was doing this shit? like what is he he's he's a Hollywood Bruno Mattai. And yet he's considered a genius. Like, I hate his Batman being, movies. There's nothing wrong with being a Bruno Mattai. I mean, some of my favorite movies, at least in terms of, like, top 20 favorite sort of cheesy movies or whatever to watch, I, lo- I love Bruno Mattai's library. But to, to see someone else doing the same thing, and just because they're Hollywood claiming originality, puts a bit of a stain on my opinion of... Of Christopher Nolan, like I will fully acknowledge that he's a good filmmaker, that he's good at what he does, that he makes entertaining movies, but he's not original. My favorite critique, I, I forget, this was in a YouTube, not necessarily a critique, it's sort of a parody, sort of making fun of him. It was from a, on a YouTube channel I go to occasionally called Monkey and Apple. They do like parodies of, um, like making behind the scenes stuff for movies. Like they'll, they'll take the little featurettes or whatever and they'll do like kind of skit based on it. And they did one for, I think Dark Knight rises. They they have a character who's like the brother of Christopher Nolan, and he's just like I don't understand why people love love my brother so much. I mean, all this guy bases his whole career on staying up until 4 a.m. listening to the Black Rain soundtrack. Now that was like, About right. that's kind of on point. I was like, oh my God, I guarantee Christopher Nolan's favorite movie probably is Ridley Scott's Black Rain. And his favorite soundtrack is probably Hans Zimmer's score to Black Rain. It's like, that's the movie he wants to make, but he never will. I, I, I'm just sick of his Black Rain is awesome.
1: I, I'm just sick of everybody sucking Christopher Nolan's cock constantly. I mean, at this point, he probably believes he is a cinematic genius. That's how he
0: talks. If you see him in interviews, he's certainly not a humble man.
1: But then okay, I mentioned Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, well I now I haven't seen every single thing Tarantino's done. I've never seen Inglorious Bastards, so that's the one Tarantino movie I cannot comment on. Pulp Fiction is considered his greatest movie. Everybody, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. Remember how big this
0: was in ninety four when it came out. It was very big. Like like you couldn't um, you couldn't change the channel without hearing that like, you know, that the music that they used in the the opening score. That would be on like every other channel.
1: But, but here's my thing. I've never liked this movie. Now, I love Reservoir Dogs. I love Jackie Brown. I like Kill Bill Volume 1. I, th- I thought Hateful Eight was decent. I thought Django Unchained was pretty good. I've never understood the love for Pulp Fiction. Really? The movie, is. I think it's his worst movie. I Again, leaving Inglorious Bastards out since I haven't seen that, I do not like it. I don't like the way it's structured. I don't like the way it's shot. I, I don't like the characters. The dialogue seems clunky, even for a Tarantino movie i do not like pulp fiction i've never liked this movie
0: well, fair enough i guess i mean it might just be the overexposure of it like when we ask somebody it is kind of sad i think if you ask a lot of people you know what's your favorite uh cult film what's your favorite sort of you know underrated movie and they'll be like oh i really like pulp fiction it's like it's not underrated it's it's, Nor is o- it a cult it's film. overrated if any how, how is pulp fiction a cult film Like because like cult status do you even know what that means but, like it's, it's ridiculous. Some people have no idea what they're talking about. Like ground I like grindhouse movies. Oh, do you? So you like watching two movies, like doing double features? No, like, like a grindhouse movie. You're an idiot, stop talking.
1: Just like we said with Pulp Fiction, you know, this movie was everywhere when it came out. And, and that sometimes happens with movies that people forget about later. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember both Big and Mrs. Doubtfire were like that. You couldn't escape these movies when they came out. They were everywhere. Parodies, everywhere, the promos, everybody was talking about these movies. I hate Big. I hate Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire is terrible.
0: I love Mrs. Doubtfire. You know what? Even Big's not bad. I mean, I'm not even that that big of a fan of um, what's his face? Tom Hanks, most boring face in all of Hollywood. I, I think Big is kind of endearing. With Mrs. Doubtfire, it might be because I grew up with it, but I mean, I revisited it recently, and it's it didn't it doesn't give me the same feeling. Obviously, I would watching it when 12 years old. Like, there's things I noticed that are kind of creepy about the story. But a man dressing like an like an old woman to ultimately just get to get to be with his kids. But I like it, and I think it it may just have a charm just because I, I feel like it's hard not to like Robin Williams. I think he, to me he's always just been such a such a likable screen presence that it's it's hard for me to really dislike anything that he does.
1: Well, how about something like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where the movie is asking us to side with a total sociopath? I've never, now, now the movie does have some, a few legitimately funny moments. I'm well, not gonna Cameron, say it doesn't.
0: Like, to me, the heart of that film is Cameron. He's the reason to watch it. It's, it's just kind of, you're, you're watching him sort of be the, the voice of reason to this, uh, sociopath in Ferris.
1: But the movie paints Ferris as the hero,
0: the good guy. You, everyone wants to be like Ferris. I've personally never understood that and i think like a lot of people love the love that character and say, oh he's such a rebel oh. no he's kind of a sociopath he, it seems like that, Ferris Bueller's Day Off could almost act as a, as a prequel to like American Psycho. It's like, it's the young days of, of Patrick Bateman.
1: Exactly. Okay, how about something like Train Spotting or Swingers? Dude, I just, I cannot get into these movies at all. I have nothing, no. I know Train Spotting 2 was a thing that recently happened and I went, I hate the first film, so why the f*** do I care about a sequel?
0: <laughs> um, Train Spotting, all I remember of, of that one is it's the Ewan McGregor crawls out of a toilet movie which one was swingers
1: swingers was the one with uh what's his face from iron
0: man is that the world war ii one with with the kids no no trying to do like swing music and it's illegal or is that swing kids i think that's swing kids i've never seen that one i've heard like all this great stuff about it and like i like john favreau and i do actually like vince vaughn but i've never seen the movie unlike you i like vince vaughn so maybe I'll enjoy it well, let's go to one of the most misunderstood movies of all time. I recently,
1: by recently I mean like a year, year and a half ago, rewatched Scarface for one of the first, the 1983 Scarface, for one of the first times since I was a kid. Why is this movie such a classic? There's next to no story, the characters don't evolve at all, really... The dialogue is terrible. They never cover how time passes. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, we're in the 80s now? We were just in the 70s. You're not even going to tell me 10 years just passed? Oh, he has a kid now, so I'm supposed to just figure out time passed. What is it about Scarface that everybody loves? And every stupid gangsta out there forgets the last 10 minutes of, I want to be like (laughs) Tony Montana, man. Uh, You do remember how the movie ends, right?
0: (laughs) Um, I think... um... I think you're being a little hard on Scarface. I do think it's a great character study film. You saying that there's no point is kind of bullshit, in my opinion, because the whole point is that he he doesn't learn. You know, he, he gets crushed under the, the weight of his own power trip by the end of that film. He decides to play by his own rules, and he pays for it. That's that's the whole, the whole point of the film, is getting crushed by your own excess, which is what's annoying about these, like, rapper types that base their whole ideology on Scarface. It's like they don't understand understand that this whole the world is yours mentality is ultimately what becomes your downfall
1: i'm going to talk about a movie cecil's taken me to task many times for i hate 1980s the shining i've never understood the love of this movie i hate this film pete do you just not like uh, kubrick very much I think Full Metal Jacket is amazing.
0: Oh, Full Metal Jacket's great.
1: He has made... He's a great... I think he's got some really good films that he's directed, even if I don't like some of them. Barry Lyndon is on this list, too. I mm. hate that movie. I, I do... do that, that movie's a sleeping pill, the same as The English
0: Patient. Uh, but <laughs> I've still never seen that. <laughs> but but it, it's just like, what am I missing? With, um, with what? The Shining?
1: Yeah. What am I missing here? With the boring... I mean, okay... I'm fine with slow. It's like when I did my review of Hereditary. There's slow, and then there's f***ing do something! Do anything, for God's sake! Nothing's happening!
0: Um, for me... Shining is almost 80% mood, and I think it does it effectively. And I think I think that doesn't necessarily mean everybody is going to feel the same way about it. I I can see how you might find it boring, or how somebody else might find it boring. I I think the Shining is a is a perfectly fine film. I personally feel like Full Metal Jacket is Kubrick's best film, but I can definitely sit down and, and enjoy The Shining quite a bit. I think almost entirely for just Jack Nicholson's psychotic performance, or at least the way he gets more and more crazy throughout the film and um, starts seeing more w- more weird stuff in the hotel and the the spirits starts possessing him more. I, I think that's what I enjoy is just the slow progression into his madness, but I, I can see why people would would find it kind of boring too like i'm not going to judge
1: what about scorsese taxi driver again this is sort of like with you don't like taxi driver i did not but this is in the same category as as clockwork orange i had been i read about it in all the magazines and then my dad was telling me about it and i don't remember if we rented it or if it was on cable but i sat down with my dad and watched it and i was like this just isn't very good i mean you were a kid though yeah and My I kid watched watching
0: it- Taxi Driver expecting it to be a Steven Seagal
1: movie? No, because this is before Seagal was even a thing. I'm well, talking whatever. this is mid '80s. Stallone,
0: maybe that's the Stallone or Van Damme movie where it's like this guy drives a taxi and he shoots people at night. And it's like that's not what it is.
1: Taxi Driver doesn't do anything for me. I don't like the Kool Aid blood when Harvey Keitel gets shot. I don't. I, I'm not into the whole Jodie Foster teenage prostitute thing. Taxi Driver just doesn't do anything for me. And it's like you said, Peter, maybe I saw it too early. I saw you it saw as it as adult. a kid
0: expecting to see an action movie. That's why he didn't like it. It's not a movie that's for, like, shoot up bang bang-bang, kids-watching-action-movie-stuff films. It's a character study of of a man that has, like, severe shell shock going through his day-to-day life.
1: I just—I I, I don't like it.
0: Well, so. too bad. At okay, least fine. you like Falling Down.
2: I did like Falling Down.
0: Which is a lot like Taxi Driver, which is— I don't I don't get you sometimes.
2: <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, oh. it's the
1: Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> he popped in. I I I mentioned that you might show up later.
2: On a normal day, uh I would only be a little bit late. But today I'm really late.
1: Oh, who cares? We're talking we're talking about movies that beloved movies that you do not like.
2: And you're also wrong about uh, Taxi Driver and many other things.
1: I'm not saying you're not right, but, oh, okay. Then how about something like the beloved when Harry met Sally, which I despise.
0: Which one was that? That's. Billy,
2: Billy, Billy Crystal, Crystal and, and Meg Ryan. The,
1: um, the, I'll have what she's
0: having. Yeah, but that, that movie's not marketed to me.
2: Yeah, it's it's OK. Like, there's a couple of moments in there. Like, I mean, it's a sweet little love story out of yeah. all of the rom coms. It's one of the most passable. I'd rather
0: watch that than a lot of the other ones, but I still just probably wouldn't watch it anyway. Like, I don't find it, like, offensively bad. I can understand why people like it. It's just kind of a schmaltzy little slice-of-life love story.
2: It's just of of all, like, the. I, I mean, that would be like getting mad... A girl doesn't like a movie like Gladiator. Like, well, there's too, there's too much action. There's too, well, again, it's not really a movie that's aimed at you. So I actually something... have Gladiator on my list. I
1: don't like Gladiator. Oh, I hate you. I saw that in the theater in 2000 and I hated it and I've hated it ever since. And there's all these people that are one of the best movies of the 2000 blah, blah. Oh my God. I, I wanted to just poke my eyes out in the theater. This movie was so bad. Uh, you,
2: you stink.
1: What about when you you start not liking a movie you used to like because of massive overexposure like Shawshank Redemption. I actually think is a is quite a good film. I don't think I can ever sit through that movie again after how TNT just drug it into the dirt and it was like, "Okay, I think I've seen Shawshank Redemption literally 500 times at this point." I can't well, ever sit through this movie again, ever. That's,
2: that's not the fault of the movie, though. Yeah, why would you no, just sit through like, it why, over and yeah. over again? Yeah, like why wouldn't you just do something else? Why would odd. you? Why would you watch it? Why would you watch it? Uh, repeatedly and then get mad at them showing it repeatedly (laughs) it's the same thing
1: with how hbo in the 80s was called hey beastmaster's on you know i saw beastmaster
2: hundreds of times on hbo
0: did you get sick of beastmaster for a while yeah don't watch beastmaster a hundred times in one week then
2: yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, like, being tired of something, like, oh, I don't, like, there's a lot of music I can't listen to again, there's a lot of movies that I can't watch anytime soon, but I don't fault the movie for it, I'm just like, you know what, I just need to give that a rest, and I'll watch it, and, like, or listen to it in, like, a decade or so, yeah. you know, it's just, it's not, it's not that the movie got bad, or or it ruined the the movie for you, it's just that, like, you overexposed yourself to it because really there's no there's no excuse for that like if if you sat down and watched it over and over again that's on you they didn't turn it on and leave it on in your house and make you watch it Peter, we talked about like how the Harry
1: Potter movies, fine, they are what they are, they're just not for me. Mm. I feel the same way about Lord of the Rings. I do not get this franchise. I saw the first two in the theater. I I never have seen The Hobbit at all. Return of the King, I didn't see till video. I just don't get into these. I do not get into the Lord of the Rings movies one single bit and i see these people that are just lord of the rings nuts and they've got the tattoos and and they've got all the all the movies and the books and and they got the soundtrack like five times to get each cover and all and it's like what is it about the lord of the rings movies that hit pop culture so hard right in the cervix the
2: the right movies at the right time they were, uh, it was big, it was like, unlike a lot of stuff that had been out at the time, we never really had gigantic, overarching trilogy of fantasy movies like that prior. I mean, we've had fantasy movies. Star Wars. Year. No, that's, that is like space, you know, stuff. This is like, we're talking, when I say fantasy, I'm talking, you know, swords and sorcery and stuff. And I know Star Wars, oh, it's laser swords and, and space wizardry, but it's still different. What I'm saying is that we hadn't had that kind of high fantasy, if you want to put it, done before. We had singular movies done over the years, but we never had this thing. And especially because of the property that it's based off of. There's a lot of people that are very passionate about it. And I felt that uh, they did a tremendous job of adapting the series. They made it accessible to new fans as well as a way to appeal to the people that have been fans of it for decades. And it's just good. I mean, the cast was on point. The effects were, were great uh the directing was was great like everything about it really just gelled together and uh
0: i think it deserves all the praise that it gets yeah it deserves its place in time for sure As, as far as uh the audience it was able to tap into, obviously, people that not only wanted to see something like this, that were interested in that sort of fantasy material, but people who had grown up reading the books. So I understand why people like it, even though even if it's not something I myself can watch over and over again.
1: And see, I I grew up. I've only ever read The Hobbit. You know, I grew up reading The Hobbit. I grew up how seeing the comic books of the Tolkien stuff. I grew up in the the, the late '70s, early '80s Tolkien era, where it was in these other medias and then of course you had the Rankin bass cartoons and then you had the ralph bakshi version in the 70s and all that and to me those feel like and, and, and i know how snobbish this sounds real lord of the rings this feels like hollywood lord of the rings to me if if you say aragorn now everyone oh Viggo mortensen it's like no john hurt <laughs> you know, damn it. I I don't like it in a way. No, this is not Peter Jackson's you have problem fault.
0: problem with Viggo Mortensen.
1: No, just I don't think he was right for Aragorn. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah, he was perfect as like a rogue type. What's wrong with you? I I, I do no, know what I'm about you to say. John is you think John Hurt would make a good like swashbuckling rogue type? His f***ing wrist He would was. Break. He, he he was he was Aragorn in the Backshee movie as a voice, but can as you a... really picture him having the physicality to play a character like that? I mean, maybe really, in like 1980s, even, even maybe when in the he was late in 70s. His yeah, yeah, even couldn't uh, do it.
2: Eh, no, I don't think so. He'd lift but... up his
0: sword and be like, "Oh dear, oh no." <laughs> He's not that
1: British, dude. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yeah, he f***ing is. But, okay, now what I'm about to say is not Peter Jackson's fault, but I think in a way his movies co-opted what Tolkien is supposed to look like and sound like and feel like to the point where if you go and read the books now you have the Peter Jackson versions in your head. You're not picturing the books the way they were when I read them when you didn't have this preconceived notion. This is not Jackson's fault, but I think the movies were so popular and so ingrained in pop culture, they actually co-opted what Lord of the Rings was.
0: Well, unfortunately, it kind of did, yeah. Just simply on the grounds that it did really well. So people are going to associate it with that. A lot of in the same way that the... Like the '90s Batman cartoon was so popular, and people became so so fell so much in love with um, Kevin Conroy's voice, and obviously with Mark Hamill's voice as the Joker as well. So there's a lot of people, myself included. If I read a Batman comic, I hear Mark Hamill, I hear Kevin Conroy. Um, that just happens if if a form of media of the source material takes off and gets very popular. People are going to hear or see that in their mind when they read the the written literature for it.
2: Yeah, again, that's it's not the fault of the movie. And you, I mean, you at least said that, but uh, it's just, that's happened a few times where something comes along and it becomes very popular. Or whenever you hear somebody speak, and then that kind of becomes like the default voice in your head for certain things. Like, that's not really the fault of whatever it is. It's just that it became popular and it became popular in your mind. And that kind of superseded a lot of other things.
1: Next week, we have a dark man retrospective. But the week after that, I want to talk about this more. Pop culture osmosis is what it's called. I want to talk about this more in two weeks because i want to talk about dark man next week so we're going to end this right here where can people find cecil before we talk dark man next week
2: find me at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as good Bad Flicks on youtube twitch twitter facebook and 12 on and peter
0: uh you can find me obviously on uh, on the twitter's bitching about Patreon at Cinematica, YouTube, The Cinematicus, Facebook, The Cinematicus, 1201beyond.com for this show and other fine shows and my shows and merchandise. Honestly, probably not on Patreon at Cinematica for much longer. If you would prefer and I would prefer, if you wish to support me, support me on PayPal. All of that information is both on my videos. Uh, I'm trying to provide it wherever I can, be it on Twitter, on Facebook. I provide it on YouTube as well because patreon is dog shit it's still my i don't know uh with josh and cecil but me it's still only 50 percent processed and it is now the third of the month so patreon with every from hell's heart i stab at thee <laughs> <laughs> you on that note we want to hear what you guys think
1: movies that are just beloved by you by the public that you do not like you can Contact us with that at 1201beyond at gmail.com. You can go to 1201beyond.com to get some t-shirts and stuff. We have a Patreon, and we could really use the help. So use that, use the Adam and Eve codes, but otherwise, keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.